Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly. That'll preach by itself. A message that runs. That the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. Because many times when something is moving real fast, we don't take time to honor it. Just as it is with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. I just want to stop right now and say I'm glad I'm not the only preacher that has prayed that prayer. I just want to chime in with the Apostle Paul and say, I've been there. And pray that we be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and what? Protect you from, not evil people, from the evil one. I'm going to preach this morning a message called the Spirit of Protection. Say that to about three people around you today, the Spirit of Protection. Can I pray for you one more time before we get into the Word? Lord, thank you for the way you've moved today. You've you visited us and you remained among us and you did your thing today. And we thank you for it. Now, Lord, as we embark on this Word, we ask you to do your work. We ask you to break generational curses, dismiss generational spirits, bring deliverance, bring holiness, bring wholeness to your people, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. If you believe God's going to do something great today, come on, give him one more big praise all over the building. Amen. Before you sit down, high-five somebody and tell them it's on in the building, and then we're going to get right into this. The Message Bible would read 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1 on this wise. One more thing, friends. Pray for us. Pray that the Master's word will simply take off and race through the country to a groundswell of response, just as it did among you. And pray that we'll be rescued from these troublemakers who are trying to do us in. I'm finding that not all believers are believers. <laughs> but the master never lets us down. Let's say that together. But the master never lets us down. Now say it with conviction. Come on. He'll stick by you and protect you from evil. Proverbs 18.10, the Message Bible, God's name is a place of protection. Good people can run there, run where? To his name and be saved. God's name is a place of protection. 
good people can run there and be safe. When I realized we were praying for our children today as they go back to school, I thought of how God is such a good God and how God has designated himself as the protector of his people. My mind hurriedly raced to the idea of river being in trouble and what I would not do in order to protect him. And I can tell you that my thoughts became vast. The expanse of my thoughts became very interesting concerning what I would do to protect my wife and my child. If they were in danger, I can tell you I just don't know what I might do. I'll say it another day, another way. I would do anything it takes to protect my wife and my child. I would do anything it takes to protect them from harm. Now, if I'm that way, if I love my wife and my child that much, how much do you think the everlasting Father, the mighty God, I said the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor, how much more would he do to protect his own? God is all about protecting you. When you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, it's obvious that the concern of the apostle is that he be protected and that they are protected from the evil one and things that are evil. Protected from the evil one and things that are evil. When you leave this building today, I pray that you learn that there is a wall of fire that God has placed around you and your family. He will protect you. The purpose of protection is safety. Safety. Where people feel safe, they feel secure. Security provides atmospheres of peace, joy, proper development, and growth. I'm going to read that again. Where people feel safe, they feel secure. Security provides atmospheres of peace, joy, proper development, and growth. The key to inhabiting these types of environments begins with one word, protection. Protection. The origin of the word protection comes from two phrases, to cover in front. To cover. Where? In front. Therefore, we now understand why Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, in verse number 16, above all, take the what? Shield of faith that you may be able to stand against the darts 
of the evil one. Protection is founded in faith. It is difficult to protect something that does not believe and trust in its protection. Where trust is destroyed, terror is welcome. Did you hear what I said? Where trust is destroyed, terror is welcome. The spirit of terrorism has been released. I don't know if you realize that or not. I have a particular conviction about that concerning 911. I believe that spirit was released in this nation on that day. And the spirit of terror and confusion has not left this nation because trust has been eroding since that day. And when there's no trust, terror will show up. Hmm. When you know you are protected, you never feel hopeless. My God, today I feel the Holy Ghost. When you know you are protected, you never feel hopeless and you do not feel helpless. Protection is sheltering and defending. Sheltering and defending someone or something. The purpose of protection is safety, but the goal of protection is security. The goal of protection is to make you feel not just safe, but secure. That's why words are so powerful. Because words form worlds. Be careful what you say to your children. Let's look at the spirit of protection. I'm not going to be here long. I'm going to give you three ideas. Number one is the promise of protection. Number two is the place of protection. Number three is the position of protection. The promise of protection. Let's consider it. If the goal of protection is security, then the lack of protection produces insecurity. Hmm. The most recognizable expression of insecurity is fear. The most recognizable expression of insecurity is what? Fear. If your children feel insecure, they're not going to say, I am insecure. They're going to say, I'm afraid. They are going to say, I am scared. A child will not say, I feel insecure. They will say, I feel afraid. I am scared. I remember when we were in school, I never felt afraid or fearful of anything as long as I knew family was on the campus. I got to Baker High School as a freshman Mr. Bullock, our principal, walked right up to me and he said, you're Ricky Hawkins. I said, good to meet you, sir. 
He said, I know all your brothers. And I know your cousins. I said, okay. I'm just, I I'm think I'm 15 years old. Oh, yes, sir. My eyes are this big. I can't believe the principal's talking to me on the first day of school. And he just looks at me and says, don't think about it. I said, yes, sir. I guess that meant don't think about what you're going to learn today. Don't think about, just don't think today. And I knew exactly what he meant. And I was walking away. He said, don't be like Randy. Randy will watch this today. He was saying, don't be like Randy, but in my heart, I was thanking God for Randy. Because any time I got into any kind of a scuffle, I was good. Because I knew my big brother was stronger than me, he was bigger than me, and he was tougher than me. Therefore, I felt like I could get away with a whole lot of stuff. Because he would always protect me. There is something about knowing. There is something about knowing that someone who loves you. That is bigger than you. Stronger than you. Is there to protect you. And can I tell you that the God you serve is a God that promised that he would be with you. And that he would protect you. Now listen, because of what has gone on in the world for the last few years, we have kind of lost as the people of God universally this idea of in God we. It's not just been taken away from coins, it's been taken away from us. It's almost like we kind of think that God might have it. But we're not completely sure that he is going to protect us because of the things that we've seen go on around us. I am here on an assignment today to eradicate every fear from your life and to tell you that you can trust that God will absolutely protect you he is still with you and he is still for you he's right beside you he is on you he is in you and you can trust him to protect you fear thou not Isaiah says for I am with you be not dismayed it really means don't fall apart under the pressure be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. He gets two chapters later and says in verse number one of chapter 43, but now says the Lord that created you, that formed you, fear not. 
For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you through the rivers. They will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame will not kindle upon you. He gets to the fifth verse and says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your seed from the east and gather them from the west. I am with you. Fear not, says God. I came by to tell you that God is with you. Do not be afraid. He will protect you. If you believe that with a conviction of faith, I dare you to take 10 seconds and give God praise like you know in your knower that God will protect you. Come on, nudge your neighbor that ain't listening and tell them God will protect you. And that's why God showed up on that ship when the apostle Paul was sailing through that storm. I'm sorry. In Acts 18 and 9, and the Lord spoke to Paul in the vision by night. And he said, Paul, be not afraid, but speak the word. Do not hold your peace, for I am with you. And no man will put their hand on you to hurt you. No one's going to hurt you, Paul. Why? Because I am protecting you. I am with you. If you've ever been there, give God praise that he protected you in the face of a storm. In the face of ridicule, in the face of scrutiny, in, in the face of anger, God protected you. I'm sorry, y'all. I wasn't going to preach like this, but I feel it in my heart. And the Lord told me to quote this to you today and for you to make it personal. Now I want you to shout right now, this is my song. Say it again. This is my song. Here it is. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is. Not the Lord was. Not the Lord will be. The Lord is right now my light and my salvation. So why? If the Lord is your light and your salvation, then why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress. Here you go. Protecting me from danger. Say those words with me. Protecting. Holler it. Tell your neighbor, protecting you from danger. Why should you tremble? When evil people come to devour, when my enemies and foes attack, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. I believe the people of God need to return. Come on, y'all. Return to our faith that we really in our heart of hearts believe that God is going to protect us. You know what? I just draw a bloodline around your property, around your apartment, around your house, 
around your bedroom, around, around your fence line. I just put a bloodline, the blood of Jesus all over your property and I tell the enemy that you are protected by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb and anything that comes to hurt you, anything that comes to harm you shall pass over you because they shall see the blood. Shouted, I am protected. Tell the devil, back off, devil. Back off my property. Back off my kids. Back off my marriage. Back off of everything that's got my name on it. Because I am protected. Take 15 seconds and praise him like you know you protect. Woo! He promised. Come on, tell somebody he promised and he'll do it. Okay, now let's let's work on this a little bit. Woo, man. That's that's the promise of protection. But now let me put my overalls on for a moment. And let me get my work boots. Because this next point we're going to have to work on a little bit. Y'all ready to do some construction with me today? All right, let's go to work. Let's go to work. Everybody, everybody get ready to go to work. Number one, there's a promise of protection. But I have found there is an absolute place of protection. This is going to take some thought for you. Yeah, this is going to take some soul searching for you to get with this. There's an absolute place of protection. We always stop reading Psalm 27 where we stop today. Whom shall I be afraid? Boy, and we walk out like good God in mercy. But when you get to verse 4, things start changing. The one thing I asked of the Lord the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating where? In his temple. For he will conceal me there. Boy, that will preach. Concealed in the house. He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of, the re out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. Watch what it says, three words, at his sanctuary. I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. Some of y'all need to get that. You got the singing, but some of y'all need to get that shout of, some of y'all just need to get that shout of joy. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. You know, some walls don't come down till you shout. 
Jericho don't fall. There's stuff that belongs to you that's waiting for your. That's not part of the message, y'all. Y'all trying to sidetrack me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. All right, come with me for a moment. Here we go. Lord, help me today. Time is up for making excuses for the local church. Time is up for making excuses for the local church. Let me make this plain. Let me make this plain. This is The sanctuary of God. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it plain. This is the temple of God. This is what's in the Bible. This right here, where we're sitting today, is the house of God. If it is the house of God, temple of God, and sanctuary of God then this is a safe house. Now look at three people and tell them, welcome to the safe house. Welcome to the safe house. Uh, okay, let me, let me work with this. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know where, and I don't know who. Started this whole idea that the local church really isn't that important. And I can tell you why it happened. Because of social media. Suddenly everybody has a platform. If you have your own platform, why you need this one? Everybody's the preacher. Everybody's the pastor. Everyone's the voice. And that would be cute if you had something to say. I'll leave it alone. The safe house. One of the fastest growing churches in Oklahoma, and I'm saying this because I got, you know, I'm kind of on the inside. One of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing church in Oklahoma will meet next week to decide if we are a local church or are we an event center for God to show up? Now, wait a minute. If I wanted to go to an event center, I can buy a ticket to get in a lot of places in downtown Oklahoma City. I can hear an opera. I can go hear Garth Brooks, Vince Gill, Toby Keith. I can hear them in event center. This is not an event center. This is a local, local, excuse me while I talk to the social media world. This is a local church. You need to be in 
a local church. The Christianity Today, Christianity Today released an article uh, last week called The Local Church in Crisis. Help me, dude. I had to watch my vocabulary at this point. Christianity Today, I'm just a preacher in Norman, Oklahoma, at a really good church, Quest Church. And I'm sorry to inform you, the local church might look like it's in crisis. But this church right here, we're not in crisis. Hold on. Because we're not trying to build an event center. We're trying to build a family. We're trying to build a community of believers that care for one another, that love one another. So before y'all start writing articles like that, talk to pastors in small towns with good churches. If you feel like this church right here is not in a crisis, I dare you to give God praise loud enough for the devil to get scared. Come on, tell somebody this church is not in crisis. Now let me show you something. I'll go deep with you. Isaiah chapter 4 is a prophecy of eschatology, which is a prophetic word concerning the end of times. I don't have verse 1 recorded here on my, on my iPad, so let me see if I can remember it. In the last days... The house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and all nations shall flow into it. All ethnic groups shall flow into it. Let me, let me, let me recite it one more time. I could be wrong, and you can check me. Uh, can you check me, Josh? Isaiah 4.1. In the last days, the house of the Lord shall be established where? In the top. If it's on the top of the mountain, then it's easy to see. Talk back to me, church. It's not quiet. It's not hidden. It's not concealed. It is on, what, what does Isaiah 4.1 say? Isaiah 2.1, Josh. Isaiah 2.1. I'm sorry. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1. What's it say? You're funny, Josh, because when I looked at you, you were looking at me like. And then the Holy Ghost spoke to me. It said, chapter 2. And then you went like this. I got you, Josh. Isaiah 2.1. In the last days, what does it say? Here, come here. I'm sorry, y'all. This, this wasn't in here. The word of the Lord that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. Where is the house of the Lord established? In the top. In the top of the mountains. And what all ethnic groups shall flow to it. I've said it a hundred times. I need to say it one more time just for the record. I could not go to a church that wasn't integrated. That's for me. Now, if you can go to a church just all white, then that's good. God bless you. Or all black, God bless you. Or all Hispanic, 
God bless you. But this boy in the United States of America knows it don't matter where you build a church, you can have all nations flowing to that church. But you got to be intentional. If you're glad you go to an integrated church, lift it up to the Lord Jesus just for a moment. Now watch what the Lord says. Chapter 4 now, verse 5. The Lord will create upon the dwelling place of the mountain, Mount Zion, and upon her assemblies, everyone say churches, a cloud and smoke by day and a shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all, all the assemblies, the glory shall be a what? Defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from heat and a place of refuge for a covert from storm and from rain. God said, I will cover the church and the church shall be a place of protection. Are y'all with me? And it will be a tabernacle. The word tabernacle here in the Hebrew means to cover over in order to stop the approach of the enemy and cut off the attack. Y'all just missed that. When you're in the house, God is cutting off the attack from the enemy and he's dismissing him from you. Let me tell you what did not come in here with you today. A demon. A devil did not follow you in this church today. Why? Because this is the house of God. This is a safe place. I tell people all the time, this is the most important institution you've stepped into all week. More important than the church house, more important than the governor's house, more important than the school house is the church house. It's the safe house. When you are in here, the devil cannot do what he wants to do. That's why you need to connect. That's why you need to join. That's why you need to commit. Boy, the clapping is getting softer and softer. He says there in Mount Zion over the assemblies, our tabernacle. Now let me work on it for a minute. To tabernacle means to cover over in order to stop the approach of the enemy. Oh man, help me Lord. You know why people fight the local church? Because the local church all through scripture represents covering. Covering. Everyone say covering. Numbers, 1915. Every open vessel that does not have a cover bound upon the top of it is unclean. This is the law of first mention concerning covering. That the purpose of covering is to keep you clean. And he says, if the vessel, us, if we're not covered... We are deemed a strong terminology. The cover keeps in it what's in it safe and keeps it protected. An open vessel 
is vulnerable to the elements of the environment and is vulnerable to the elements of the atmosphere. The responsibility of the local church is to get in between those atmospheric elements and the content of the vessels that are in it. You are not truly covered until you are under something. Preach on, Pastor Rick. See, I told you, time's up for making excuses for the local church. You cannot protect what will not stay in the pasture. I own cattle. I own horses. And I have fences for a reason. And it's not to keep stuff out, it's to keep them in. Because when they get out, I cannot protect them. You cannot shepherd sheep who will not stay in the flock. You cannot guard the sanctity of a marriage if someone continues to choose infidelity. You cannot cover that which refuses to be covered. Do you remember the man that came to Jesus and said, I recognize authority because I'm a man under authority? I'll say it like this. You can't pastor people that refuse to plant. My Bible tells me in Psalm 92 and verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Those who are what? Planted. You know what happens when you transplant plants? The roots are exposed. And the plant has to die in transition. Man, that's strong stuff. Everybody's looking at me concerned because some of y'all were considering leaving Quest this week. Y'all had a discussion with your wife. Baby, I think it's time for us to move on. Boy, and the Lord just smacked you upside your head. Sit down. Be still. You say, Pastor Rick, do you really believe what you preach? And I'm going to tell you, I told you this story before, and I'm going to ask you to humor me because there's a lot of people in here that have not heard this story. I told it in this building twice. This will be my third time. I'm probably going to tell it ten more times. I'm preaching in a, a revival in Houston, Texas. And I get a call that one of the children in our church had been abducted by a kidnapper who had already killed 11 girls. This girl, Nikema, was 11 at that time, Josh, 11 years old. No, she was nine. She was nine years old. And she had been kidnapped by a guy that had killed eleven that had killed eleven girls around that age. Well, I told the pastor where I was preaching, I need to get back to my church. It was three night revival. This was on a Monday night. I preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night. And after that, I told him I gotta go because I need to be with my people. When we got back on Wednesday night, I told our church at that time on Wednesday night, we had 1,200 people in attendance on a Wednesday night. Wouldn't you like to see Wednesday nights come back like that? People ain't hungry enough. I doubt it's going to happen. 
But anyway, I got back. I got in front of our church, and I told our church what happened. And when I did, 1,200 people fell on their faces, started crying out to God. And I stood in that pulpit, and I told that church, this is God's house, and this is a safe house. And that, this is the very words I said. I said, and that girl belongs to this house, and she is safe, and she shall live, and she shall not die. And I told you I had the leading homicide detective in San Antonio in my church. And I asked him, Jimmy, is she going to make it? And he said, Pastor Rick, after three days, we pretty much give up. We, start, we keep looking, but we assume that something bad has happened. And I said, Jimmy, I rebuke those words. He said, I stand in agreement with you, Pastor. Are you listening to me? Friday morning, this girl's been gone since Sunday. Friday morning, I get a call, and it's C.C. Houston. He's probably watching right now. She watches every Sunday. And she's screaming, hollering, Pastor Rick. And I couldn't understand what she was saying. I said, C.C., calm down and tell me what you're trying to say. She said, the man just drove up to the front of my yard and let Nakima out of his car. You can say what you want to say, but that's my conviction. I believe if you in here, I believe God's going to protect you. I believe he will deliver your children. I believe stuff can happen on a school campus where your kids are and your kids ain't going to be touched. That's just how I believe. I dare you to shout, keep them in the house. Keep them in the house. Why? Because when they're in the house, according to Isaiah 4, they are covered. Somebody shout, cover us, Lord. Cover our families, Lord. Cover our children, Lord. A cover guards you from attack. It affords you protection and security. A cover invests in you in order for you to become all that God preordained for you to be. That's what covering does. It acts as a substitute. If you're in a real church, we got your back. Come on, talk back to me. It's time for us to build family like that. Where we're real brothers and we're real sisters. As a matter of fact, get out your chair and go four people down and tell them, I got your back. I got you covered, Josh. I got you covered. Come on, just tell them, I got you covered. Come on, tell somebody who looks mad right now. Somebody who's just looking mad right now. Just go up to them and smile and tell them, I got you covered. I got your back. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I got a few more points, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to tell you why I'm going to stop. Because I think you need to rest on that a little bit. Because some of y'all, some of y'all steaming about that. Because you used to bouncing everywhere. Ain't nobody covering me. I don't need no cover. You better read the Bible. Okay, I'll leave it alone. I'm going to pick this up next week. On the position of protection. The, pos the position, I talked to you about 
the promise of protection and the place of protection. But the position of protection, I'll just give you a little hint, is defense. last time you defended somebody instead of gossiping about it? When's the last time somebody told you something about somebody and then you turned around and said, were you there? You saw that and heard that? You were there? I promise you, 99% of the people are going to go, well, I wasn't actually there. I just kind of heard. No, you don't kind of hear nothing. You either hear it or you don't hear it. And you chose to repeat it. That's not defending people. Oh, Lord. The position of protection is defense. I'll preach on that next week. I'm going to show you a man next week whose hand was welded to his sword protecting his stuff. Defending his stuff. Lord, I want to thank you for your promise of protection. You promised. And my Bible tells me all the promises of God are yes and amen. So we, right now, declare we are absolutely protected. You are our protector. And I thank you for every promise of protection. Secondly, I want to thank you for the place of protection. And I'm going to ask you to place in the hearts of these people a respect for that place. That we bring back a reverence for the house of God. That the house of God is a place of protection. Just as you saved Nikema, you can save us from peril, from trouble, from jeopardy, from disease. Let these people feel secure. And let them know they are in a safe place. This is your house. This is not our house. This is your house, God. And we say protect those who belong to it. I pray protection for the marriages in this house. I rebuke the spirit of adultery, fornication. I rebuke the spirit of homosexuality. I rebuke the spirit of distraction and inappropriate relationships in marriages. I stand against it. Protect marriages in this house. In the name of Jesus. Can you stand on your feet just for a moment? Just stand on your feet and, and I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin to thank God that you are covered. Just thank him for protecting you. If you can't say nothing else, just say thank you God for protecting me. Thank you for protecting my children. Thank you for protecting my family. Thank you for protecting my property. Thank you for protecting my marriage. 